Julie, you are so full of energy. I love it. Can we give Julie a hand? Isn't she? There is only one Julie Stevens. I love it. Actually, I'm going to do this quickly. How are you guys doing today? Hopefully, I don't break my back by running into this thing. All right. Are you doing well? How well? Very good. Oh, so good. Super good. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning to the sound of little feet running around. I was uh, half asleep, more than half asleep, because of the fact that I haven't slept for almost four and a half years <laughs> due to my three little children. And I'm like, what the heck is that? You know what? You've got ugly face and you wake up and you can't even open your eyes. It's like glued shut. And I come in the room and the light is on in the room and Addison, my two-year-old, is playing dress up with some of his clothing. <laughs> oh, hey, daddy, look at me <laughs> putting the pants on. And I just looked at her and I just walked away. <laughs> and I had to go back to fix her because she was just running around at that point. So uh, pray for me. It's, uh, who has little kids right now? Like little kitties. God bless you. <laughs> We should all get together and just hug each other and cry and <laughs> hold each other and shout and ah, do cartwheels and just go crazy, just act crazy. That's what we do with our kids. Uh, sometimes we try to join them. So I've, I've had this thing now, especially with Summer, she's four years old and she's a lot like me. Um, she always has to know why and she's highly independent, very independent, high energy. And I find that when our kids go in public places, there's a tendency for me to kind of shut them down so that, you know, we don't embarrass the people around us. How many of you can relate? Some of you are laughing. Why are you laughing? Because you can relate. And, and when you sit down and you think about, like, okay, why do I have to tell my child to stop? Now, obviously, there's boundaries, there's, there's wisdom. You know, if their life is in impending danger, you have to stop them. But for the most part, the people around them are going to be okay. The problem is not so much them, right? And this is tying into my message. The problem is me. And the problem is us, meaning because of years of man-pleasing, uh, years of cultural influence, we have this performance mentality as parents where we expect our children to be perfect because, here we go, because our children's behavior is a reflection of us. At least this is the story we tell ourselves. So when our children are not behaving according to culture's expectation, then there goes my sense of identity. Are you tracking with me? Any honest parents? And so one of the most effective ways to overcome that is to feel that tension that's in your body without numbing it by fixing the outside circumstance. Because it's much easier to fix the outside than to feel the tension you're feeling right now without judging it and accepting this present moment as is right now. And the beauty that then flows from that, the connection that then flows from that with your children and with yourself and this is a lesson for if you have children or not. And so it, I, it, it's already like, you know, we go places and I feel it. I, sometimes I'll just close my eyes. And I'm like, this is not a big deal. 
And the same is true for us as we mature. We grow up with that, that heavy on us. Stop this. Don't do that. Don't jump on this. Don't do this. Don't, don't eat that. Don't shout. Don't touch. It's like, you know, as a parent, it's like, oh, my God, I say don't so much. It's so frustrating. I hate it. And then we grow up and we start to dream, and that dream begins to get anesthetized with all the don'ts that we heard throughout our life. That dream, that, that, that uh, interpersonal relationship that we grew up, those significant relationships that induced shame because we weren't perfect. Uh, see, when shame is uh, induced, when you become aware of shame uh, through an interpersonal relationship, through a significant relationship, and when you don't, um, how can I say, feel that shame without being ashamed of that shame, when you don't become aware of that shame and not judge the shame as in this is me, then what begins to happen with that shame, it becomes interpersonalized. Then that shame now shapes your identity moving forward. That shame shapes who you are or who you think you are supposed to be. This is why you will trigger at the idea of taking risk and stepping out of the boat. This is why you and I will trigger when we are in a restaurant and our children are acting out because the shame that wasn't resolved when we were younger has now been interpersonalized and is now dictating. I feel like that's much better than the reaction I'm getting from people right now. Or the lack thereof. Shame on you. No. Just kidding. No shame. And so what happens is that, in my opinion, how I see the gospel now, for the most part, is that Jesus, God who is love, he came to heal the shame. He came to deal with the shame issue. Because what the shame does that has, that has been interpersonalized, that has not been resolved, that has not been acknowledged without judgment, it creates what's called the false self. It creates a false version of you and a false version of me. The scripture calls it the old self. Fascinating. And so Jesus comes to introduce the real me to me. Because he understands how shame works. It was in the garden when it all started. Adam, it says that he felt shame. He saw he was naked, he felt shame, and he hid. And we've been hiding ever since. We've been hiding who we truly are ever since. And we've hid so much that we have lost ourselves. We have lost our true selves. We have lost who we really are. And so Jesus says, I've come to seek and to save that which was. Your perspective of the Father, who is originator, who is source of identity, but your perspective of you. I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is the working out of salvation, in my humble right opinion. <laughs> it is, I am not the thought, I am not the emotion. That is programming, that's an old story, that's unresolved shame and pain that I've been running from, that I've been numbing. Who am I then? Well, I'll tell you, I'm love. Because I'm one with love. Therefore, I'm love. So how love gets expressed through me, the way I'm wired, it gets expressed through public speaking. It gets expressed through entrepreneurship. It gets expressed through being a father. But I'm not a father as much as I am love. I'm not an op entrepreneur as much as I am love. Do you understand the difference? 
If I say I am an entrepreneur, then what happens when you're not an entrepreneur? Then you're nobody now. When you say I am anything but love, which is complete, which is enough, then now you have entertained and you have opened yourself to criticism, competitiveness, judgment, jealousy, all of these things. Because when you say I am, fill in the blank, anything other than love, you're building on sand. You're building on sand. And what happens when you build on sand? It, it, it's this vicious cycle of you, you sow into fear. What happens? You reap more fear. And that thing, that the, the vibration, the vibe that you let off everywhere you go, people know. It's phony. It's not real. People sense it. That's why with Jesus, you either loved him or you hated him. There was no gray. There was no middle ground. <laughs> That's why kids, they loved him because he was so congruent. With himself. I am love. This should peel off performance. Just like that. When you reflect on that. Because if your identity is. I am anything other than I am love. Then you are going to work your little hiney off. Until you see that I am. Manifest. But what if you are love. And love expresses itself through. This way, this way, this way. And this way. Then now when I see other people that have a similar wiring, a similar bent, there's no competition. Because you see, love simply means enoughness. I love you. Meaning, I see your enoughness in the midst of your lack. In the midst of your drama, I see your enoughness. Colossians 2 says, you are complete in Christ. Now work out that completion. So the idea behind this thing with my children is that one day I want them to grow up owning their greatness. Which is, what's the title of my message? Your greatness equals God's glory. What if your greatness is the glory of God? Actually, there's a quote from the, uh, can you pull up that quote? The glory of God is man fully alive. Oh, let's just read that to yourself out loud. Go for it. The glory of God is man fully alive. Well, God doesn't share his glory with anybody, brother. Well, you have to take that up with Jesus who said, I've come to give them the glory that you first gave me, so I don't know which one it is. Because I ain't no thief. I ain't stealing nobody's glory. I've come to give them the glory that you gave me. What if you embracing your greatness is the glory of God that should cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. What if your sound is the most, by the way, Andrew and Kat in the house. God bless you. Good to see you guys. What if your sound is supposed to be the most excellent, most powerful, most effective, most intense, most influential sound that there is on the planet, and that sound is what glorifies God? Let me give it to you in a more everyday term. I have little babies Oh, it frustrates me when I see shame in their eyes. And listen, there's no heavy on parents. Listen, you're not going to catch it all, trust me. So don't even try to, because that's more performance. 
humble yourself and, and ask for forgiveness from them. Little message to parents over here. Become a marital specialist now, children's specialist, counselor. When you go to them and you say, I apologize, I acted out of character, it actually um, it softens the blow of the shame that they're feeling because they actually think that you are perfect. So when you act out to them, they take full responsibility, therefore thinking there's something wrong with me. That's why there's rage when you go back to them is because they now feel exposed. Super sad. <laughs> It's like, man, I repent. Help me. Just please help me. <laughs> this is insane. But the point is when I see, I said to someone the other day, she was supposed to do something. We went public. And I told her to put this thing back on the shelf. And there was this man there. And uh, she's like, I don't want to. I'm shy. And this lion in me was like, I just want to choke the living daylights out of shyness right now. And I said to her, look at me. Look in my eyes. Don't deny the shy. But you are not shy. That's not you. See, I want to teach them this, this paradox of don't be in denial. Because that breeds more denial. You know, you've you got a headache the size of Texas, but you can't say anything negative. <laughs> I'm dying in a day, but, God, but it's okay. God's healed me. Come on. It's time, to, it's time to put down the madness. It's time to just put it down. Stop it. It's, it's not healthy. It doesn't mean you don't have faith when you are honest. You probably have more faith the more honest you are. Because if you're honest and you can still move in that direction, that's real faith. It's not denial. And I said to her, you are not shy. And, you know, I did the life thing, speak life over her and all that. And then she owned it and she went up. And the feeling, the best way I can describe it is that I felt glorified. As her father. Does that make sense? I'm trying to communicate a point to you. I felt glorified. By, I felt proud. It's like, that's my baby. I feel proud. And anything other than her true self bothers me, frustrates me in a, in a good sense. I'm not going to come after her to, to shape her perfectly. But I think I'm trying to communicate the point to you that God feels glorified when you own your greatness. <laughs> when you own your courage, when you own your confidence, when you feel your pain without judging it because you know that you are not the pain, God is glorified. When you stop numbing and you stop running and you stop pretending and you put the mask down and you burn it once and for all and you let go of this machismo false persona, God is glorified. When you embrace your greatness, the dream, the passion, the fact that you are love, the fact that you are enough now, not when this thing happens or when he or she comes or when that money is in the bank, now you are enough. God is glorified. How about that becomes our outreach message? How about this becomes evangelism for change? How about this becomes the message so that we can actually experience transformation? Why, thank you very much. Man, it, it jazzes me up when I see my kids owning it. I will intentionally walk in a mall or something, and I, and I have beautiful babies, really beautiful babies. And we got a, listen, we got a brown one, a lighter brown one, and a white one. 
Talk about Rainbow Nation. God is into it, man, diversifying things in the Lewis family. We call Addison our apartheid baby. <laughs> God is redeeming apartheid and racism through my family and my life as a South African. <laughs> she's the happiest baby I've ever seen in my life. You just look at her and she's laughing and smiling. But then she does that cry or that shout thing and you're like, wait a minute. You kind of get a feeling of what's about to unfold over the next couple of months to come. And I was telling Ashley, it's like, yeah, she's just like, she's pretending to smile and be all happy. She's like, I'm, I'm checking all of you out. I know which buttons to press on every single one of you. <laughs> Especially that two-year-old one. Oh, I'm going to get her. Yeah, it's amazing. But I love when my children own their greatness. Here's what I'm passionate about is um, leveraging your passion entrepreneurship, your dream, leveraging your dream as an opportunity for wholeness and prosperity. What if it wasn't so much about the thing that you are building or doing? What if it wasn't so much about that? What if you saw that thing as a thing to help complement wholeness, to help complement prosperity in your life? I'll give you an example. I was in a meeting where it was above my pay grade, I suppose, for lack of better terms, or my experience with these entrepreneurs. And they brought me to the table to talk about partnership. Up until this point, I've had my own business doing digital marketing. And up until this point, I've never had uh, the opportunity to come to the table and talk about partnership with another one or two business owners that have been in business for a very long time. I'm sitting there, and the, the father is asking myself and my friend who I brought, brought to the table because it's an existing client of mine, they're starting another business, yada, yada. And he says, well, tell me about you guys. This is a vulnerable moment, but this will help you. And uh, I want to know about you guys. And automatically, I start feeling this tightness in my chest. I start feeling uncomfortable. I start feeling nervous. And my head's just like, Tarrr. how many of you know what I'm talking about? All of you, great. So um, I'm sitting there. And I'm just like, don't come to me, don't come to me. <laughs> I'm just going to like hide. <laughs> I'm not here, I left. <laughs> don't come to me, don't come to me. Uh, and they came to me and I wanted nothing more than to just be done. So I just introduced myself, I said what I've done, and that's it. I didn't elaborate nothing. My friend spoke for like 20 minutes, I spoke for like two minutes. And of course, he's just unleashing his whole buffet of accomplishments over the years, you know, just like, <laughs> oh my God, bro, thank you, buddy. Talk about, wow. I actually told him that after. I should have gone before him. <laughs> And I sat there, and I, so I just, blah, I just threw it, and I, and I wanted to run. See, I wanted to run. I wanted to hide. Because there was shame at some point in some relationship that wasn't resolved, that wasn't dealt with, that was judged, that created some expression of falseness, that was still stuck and lodged in my body, that for some reason in this season, I suppose, as I have children, I'm committed to living from the heart, decided to come up and express itself. Now, I could look at that as evil. I could say, get away, spirit of fear, <laughs> you devil. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Not good. Or I could see it as, 
oh, you there. Oh, hey. I love you. I'm not that. I'm love. I am the safe space for that. To be reconciled to the Father. Not to say it subsided immediately. Heck no. But that's not the point. The point is I'm working out my salvation. The point is is that this meeting is not about this meeting. This meeting is about this. You see the perspective shift. And so my friend, after I just spoke quickly, my friend was like, bro, talk more about time. What about this? And he helped pull more out of me. It's like a mentor to me in that moment. And And I started to feel a release. I started to feel more connected in my body. I started to feel the presence of God that was always there, that never left, because in Him we live and move and have our being. And when I became aware of that, I became aware of my true self. No fear. That's really who you are. That's really who I am. And as I did, it just began to flow. I just talked. Then I talked too much, of course. (laughs) Whatever. So, the point is, is that This opportunity for greatness to be expressed brought up unresolved stuff. I could have run as to not feel that stuff. I could have played it safe to never even go into that meeting because I don't want to feel this stuff. Because I identify too deeply with this stuff as as me. This is me. So instead, let me play it small. Let me play it safe. Let me go to church every week and play it small. Let me lift my hands and worship Jesus and play it small and play it safe. Let me give money in the bucket and play it safe so that I can feel a little bit better. Wow, yeah. That's a big wow. It's like a holy wow. Wow. What if God is saying it's right in front of you? The greater expression of your greatness that glorifies me is right in front of you. Your moment is now. You think that because you feel uncomfortable, you feel awkward, or you feel the pain, that you are that, and that's not you, and that's what I'm trying to communicate to you. So own it. It's one thing to come and sing about glorifying God, but it's another thing to be in a context like that and say, I'm glorifying God by acknowledging that this is not me. And I get to love that part of me. That all it's doing, is it's doing its job, it's just protecting itself from not being rejected or hurt. Are you tracking with me? And I mean, after that, favor just blasted the room. You see, I'm going to think I'm going to end with this. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Here's a, here's a little thought for you. Where's the kingdom? In you. What is the kingdom? Romans 15 tells us. Righteousness, peace, and joy. What is peace and joy? How would you summarize peace and joy in our modern day language? It's a sense of... Huh? Come on, it's not a trick question. Don't be scared to be wrong, it's okay. It's a sense of fulfillment. It's a sense of closure. It's a sense of steadiness. It's a sense of connectedness. Peace and joy. So the kingdom's inside... It is a sense of fulfillment, a sense of steadiness. What Jesus is saying in the context here, he's talking to people that are going outside of themselves to feel safe, significant, taken care of, and valuable. Why? Because they are looking for, don't worry what you will eat, don't worry what you will drink. Why? Oh my God, I'm scared that I'm not going to have food, because if I don't, I'm going to die. This is a, how can I say, 
stay with me, it's a bit of an extreme example, but it's, it's beautiful because he's saying the feeling that you have, that scared feeling, you are going outside of yourself to fix that. Instead, seek first the kingdom. In other words, he's saying first go inside. Go inside and be with that feeling without judging it. Take a seat in your rightful place, seated with the Heavenly Father, and just watch and observe that feeling, that thought. This is deep, but it's good because we need to stop being shallow. Take, take, take your seat and watch it and observe it and be with it and wait for the kingdom to come and influence your next step. Woo! Wait for peace and joy. Listen to this. Peace and joy, that's already in you. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of loving water. Peace and joy, it's all synonymous. He's saying, don't just do things because you're supposed to, living from your head. Don't just do that. Because if you keep on doing that, you're going to keep on reaping punishment and torment. He's saying, go inside. Seek first the kingdom. Now, there's only so much I can articulate to you how to do that. You have to go home and learn and grapple and study and practice and fall and get back up and and understand if you truly want to know who you are because you are not you right now. I'm sorry, it's just ears. Or let me rather say it like this. There's much more to you than meets the eye. Is that better? Yeah? Okay. That's so powerful. So now it's like, no, I'm going to seek first this kingdom. You know, there's, there's, a, there's language in science and technology and biology. So your language is like frequency on a radio. You hear language like vibration. It's a, it's a feeling, right? This is scientific terms. These are not new age terms, but they are very useful in helping us take our understanding to another level in terms of how the kingdom of God works so that it's more tangible and practical. Make sense? So when I, when I seek first the kingdom, I'm, I'm going for a frequency of love. You have frequency AM, FM. We know this cliched analogy. AM, FM. That's a frequency. Now you start to dial for a certain vibration. You have reggae vibe. Reggae man. Reggae. That's a vibe. You're vibing with that, right? Some of you are house music. Some of you are country music. But that's a vibration. The point is... The frequency of fear is trying to get you to constantly go outside of yourself to feel significant and fulfilled. Jesus is saying, and that's releasing this vibration, this vibe where it's like, it's just, you are, it's, it's an awkwardness. It's a weird vibe. It's a, you have to pretend to be somebody you're not, and you know you're not being true to yourself. And I'm speaking to myself, if this feels or sounds harsh. But what if I flip the script and I really first sought the kingdom of God, which is love, which is meaning I'm going to go inside to love myself first. So I feel the discomfort in this meeting, going back to this analogy, I feel the fear. Now I can perform and do the tricks and say the right things and put on the face, but that whole house of cards will come tumbling down, guaranteed. See, this is the definition of success. <laughs> to be one with God. And instead in that moment, I went on to love myself. And it felt uncomfortable, which is normal. And I sought a different frequency of love. 
And if, as, I, as I abided, as I aligned, as I, as I steadfastly waited with him, seated with him, this vibration of, of peace and joy, it came up and it just started to sprinkle over the whole room. Now you go home and next day, you know, your phone rings with another opportunity because now things are being added to you. Now I can trust you. What if it is this simple? And it is. I want to encourage you today to glorify God by being great, by being courageous in the face of fear, not in denial. What's in your heart? I guarantee you that as soon as you step out, and every time you step out, you are going to start to feel very uncomfortable things. But you must understand, you have to. You have to. Unless you get in that thing to begin to walk to the other side, you will never truly discover who you really are and what the potency is currently in you that's available. It will be scary at times. It will be frustrating at times. But he said to you, I give you Kadil and Felicia and Ryan. I give you, Kyle, the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile them back to the Father. Do you know who that ministry starts with? With you. I'm reconciling the parts of me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm reconciling the parts of me that was just doing its job, that was hiding, that was scared. And I'm reconciling it, meaning I'm taking my rightful place as love, with love. Boom. And I've become the safe place. As my daddy says, you go love yourself. And I become the observer. And I become that safe space for that part of me to be seen, to be felt like any child would want. And as a result of that, there's more connectedness. There's more congruence. There's more wholeness. And guess what happens after that? There's more kingdom released. Now you can be at the beach, minding your own business, meditating, reading a book, and all of a sudden he says, text this person exactly this to test out their ankle that's in pain right now. Boom, do it. Bam, healed. Because I'm tuned in. Stop chasing all these things. Go reconcile the parts of you back to the Father, and it will just happen. That's the point. <laughs> and then stop being so surprised when goodness chases you. When goodness and mercy, they just overtake you. That's where I'm at right now. I feel bad sometimes about this, the opportunity. It's almost overwhelming, but it's bringing up this, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy for this. It's bringing up these things, and it's like, I am straight up going to sabotage myself if I don't be with this, and if I don't celebrate me right now. Come on. Huh? That one's for you, bro. <laughs> Listen, I'm so excited because I'm actually preaching to myself. Everything I just said, I am preaching to myself. I really am. You can tell I don't have notes. I just, God's helping me with that discipline side of things. But I just want to live from my heart everything I do. And I want to encourage you to do the same. You have the most exciting life available to you around the corner. Listen, if I can do it and we have three little kids right now, like three little kids is like, Okay, I don't want to go down that road. We're on, we on a good note. Yeah, let's end on a good note. I love my babies. Right, Justin? When you put your hand on your heart and you close your eyes, 
and you embrace the fact that you are great, what comes up? Observe that. Don't entertain it. Don't challenge it. Don't question. Don't bind it. Don't rebuke it. God knows that's been helpful. Be with it. Love it. Acknowledge it. Let this become a new form of prayer for you. Because what happens is when you stop judging yourself and accusing yourself for being broken, when you stop doing that madness, you'll stop judging others. The only reason we judge others is to not feel the pain of self-judgment. We are unconsciously judging ourselves all day long. And so to feel a little release, we project that judgment on somebody else. Stop the madness. Repent. Stop that way of doing it. But what comes up? So every morning, I'll go check on my greatness. That's latent in me. And I'll say, yes. He's like, say, you're my lion. That's what he'll say to me. And I'll just, like at the beach. (laughs) People think I'm crazy. You think I'm joking. It's like, some of y'all need to shake it up a little bit. You're just way too nice. You are not called to be nice. You're called to be kind. It's different. Stand up with me, please. Okay, listen, here's the deal. If you have children, first of all, God bless you. Peace be upon you and your whole household. Now you can go get your babies, your precious little loved ones. Lay hands on them and declare the goodness of God and greatness over them. But uh, we're going to dismiss to go pick up your uh, little babies. Uh, So you can do that quietly. Also, if you need uh, any kind of prayer, uh, as it pertains to anything I've spoken about for healing, for uh, to know Jesus in this way, and just in general, you can come up. Now, I'm going to take a couple minutes myself. I can't stay too long, but I feel like praying for sick, uh, for healing. So if you have healing, uh, if you have healing, if you need healing in your body, uh, come up over here. But don't be offended when I just walk away because I'm just being honest with you. I have to go at some point. So just jump in because my wife, we have three babies. Okay, baby, five minutes, yeah? That's my wife over there with my little white baby. Snow White, a.k.a. Wonder Bread. My little milky. What does it feel like to you when you let the fact that you are great is God's glory? Feel that. Know that that glorifies Him. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time. Okay, have a wonderful rest of the day. Ciao.